Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. All right, well, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to go. I've got one question for you tonight. I think it's a good one. Do you believe in the one who believes in you? I mean, do you really? Do you believe in the one who really, 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 really believes in you? I like what uh, John, the youngest uh, apostle, the youngest disciple of Jesus, he hung out with Jesus. He said, you know, I'm, I'm his favorite one and, and he loves me. He was confident of that. But you know, in his writings, he said, here's, here's how I know he loves me so much. He loves me because he loves me, I can love him. Can I say, because God believes in you, you can believe in yourself and you can believe in him. So tonight, we're gonna look at a couple of things here. Just, I wanna say, Jesus said it this way. He said, everything boils down to two things, loving and believing. Everybody say, loving Loving. and believing believing that you're loved. And if you can get that, if you can get loving and believing right, can I tell you, it'll be smooth sailing from here on out. If you can get uh, just how good God is, let's start with something really complex and difficult. In John three sixteen, you know, it doesn't get much simpler than that. If we could take a look at that. John three sixteen and John three seventeen says this, for God so loved, everybody say loved. God did not hate the world. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What does the next verse say after that? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn, to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want you to pick up on that. He says, it's all about love. God so loves us that he sent Jesus that if we'll believe in him, eternal life begins at that point in time. So Jesus said that, Paul said it this way in uh, Galatians chapter five, verse six. He said it this way. He said, the only thing that counts, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. There's those two words again. Faith, believing, expressing itself through love. If you had one verse that you could put on your refrigerator and look at every day, that would be a good one. The only thing that matters today is my believing in Jesus that I will express to somebody through love, okay? And so that's what we're gonna talk about. Very, very practical as we go along. I'm trying to lay a little bit of a Bible foundation for where we're going, but we'll have some stories uh, along the way. John, that apostle who also wrote the Gospel of John, 1 John, he said, listen, God is love, the very essence of who God is. If you wanna know who God is, he is love. And he goes on, he says, and so we know and we rely on, we trust completely the love God has for us. For God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Now that that should be an amen right there. I mean, that's pretty incredible that we get to have this union with God because of his great love toward us. So Paul kind of translates all that together. He says, listen, here's what love really looks like. Here's what it really is. Now, if John said that love 
is who God is, that God is love. And some of you have done this exercise before. We're gonna look at 1 Corinthians 13. And when you see the word love is, I want you to just think God is, okay? And so let's, let's take a look at that. 1 Corinthians 13, and we're just gonna look at four through seven. And uh, next week, we'll come back and we'll look at some other things. We'll focus on a particular portion of this passage here. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. He continues, he says, it, is, it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Now we're gonna look at those last few. It always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Now here's the problem. When you substitute God's name into uh, love on, on those passages, it can get kind of confusing because the truth is most of us have kind of a distorted understanding of who God really is. When you say God is patient, how does that work for you? Do you really believe God is patient? I think most of us live as if God is, is really pretty impatient. He's, he's saying, hurry up, you're behind pace. You need to speed up, let's get this right. What about love is, or God is kind? You know, I think sometimes we think that, that God just wants us to do right. And so he'll, whatever it takes to get us to, to, to change our behavior so that we don't embarrass the family name. You know, we're, we're Christians, so we need to act like Christians. Can I tell you, it really is about being a family, but God's not that kind of father. What about not self-seeking? You know, you know, when I grew up in church, uh, I was always told, don't steal the glory from God. Can I tell you what? God's really into sharing. He wants to share his glory. He wants us to glorify him. Whenever we do good stuff as his kids and we look like Jesus, guess what? He likes that. He's not some kind of narcissistic egomaniac that says, it's all about me, it's all about me. He's saying, no, I have it all and I wanna share it. If you'll come to me, I'm the source that you need to know. God is love, God is sharing, God is all of these things. What about he's not easily angered? You believe, do you believe that? You know, I mean, I heard a lot of really mean, mean sermons growing up. And it seemed like God was always kind of hacked off, you know, that he was always kind of demanding that we, we try a little harder, do a little bit better. And so whenever, you know, somebody said, well, God's love, God, I'm thinking, well, maybe my definition of love is a little bit off. Well, love does not, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. How many of you have a God in your, in your mind or at some point in time you had to repent to rethink it all? You had a God who was a, was a list keeper, okay? He, you know, he's kind of like Santa, Santa Claus. He making a list, he checking it twice. You know, if you get on the naughty list, that's bad. You get on, can I tell you what? You can't be good enough to impress God. The only thing that impresses God is a heart that says, God, I give up and I receive all the inheritance that was provided for me in Jesus. And I receive, I, I, I embrace, I believe you. Now, we can spend a lot of time on that, you know, but I want us to look at 
the last three here in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. And I'll just read them to you. Love or God always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I like how the Passion Translation says this. Uh, Brian Simmons just kind of makes it real simple where I can get it. So we're gonna put it down here on a low shelf where we can all eat, okay? He says it this way. He says, love never stops believing the very best of you. Is that how you see God? That he is so for you that he never ever stops believing the very best in you. You know, and just kind of in passing last week, Dustin said something that it's just stuck with me all week. He just made a comment. He said, uh, he was talking about, have you ever met somebody or, or actually I don't even remember the context, but I just heard this phrase, someone who has believe in their eyes. Have, have you ever met somebody who has believe in their eyes? When you're around them, you just know they believe in you. I mean, they're for you. They believe, maybe it was a, a coach that you had. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it's, but there's somebody when you're around them, they look you in the eye and you see in their eyes, they believe in you. And guess what? You feel like Superman, don't you? You feel like, man, I can do anything because this person really, really believes me. I, now, I don't believe in me half as much as they do, but they see something in me and they call it out of you. And guess what? You live a more powerful, secure life because belief is called out of you through believing eyes, right? How many, how many of you wanna be a person who has belief in your eyes? I mean, what if, what if we were to leave this place and, and, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, who knows? They all run together, right? Who knows what day it is? But every day you intentionally woke up and said, I am going to live this day with believe in my eyes. The truth is with mask and all that, about all you can see is eyes, right? But when you're around people that they just believe in you, it shifts everything. That's, that's what this passage, passage is talking about. Well, let's move forward. He says, love never, uh, love always hopes. Here's what uh, the passion says. Love never takes failures for defeat. Isn't that great? How many of you have failed this past week? Just a few of you. I, 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 I fail all the time. But you know what I'm learning? Is that failure is one of those things that, that in our failure, we, we need to fall down to move up. You know what I mean? If, if you think about it, if you did everything right all the time, your spiritual growth would look pretty arrogant and proud, wouldn't it? But when you mess up, when you fall down, when you screw up, you might edit that out of there. When you really mess up, guess what that does? It makes you go, oh God, oh God, oh God. Jesus, you're my only hope. If you don't come through, I'm not gonna make it. How many of you find that posture often? Guess what? That's where you grow. That's where you become spiritual person, a person of dependence upon God. And you, and you begin to see his eyes of belief drawing you to himself. The last part there says, always perseveres. Um, the passion says, love never gives up on us. Do you know that God never gives up on you? It works better when you open it, doesn't it? God doesn't give up on you. The only thing that counts, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself 
in love. Loving and believing, the two things. Now, believe is the substance of all relationships. I was thinking, I was scratching my head, I was thinking, why, why is this faith deal such a big deal? You know, why, why, why is that the cornerstone of our experience with God? It's because believe is the substance of all relationship. That's why our relationship with God must be based on believing and loving. It's a relational thing. It's not a task-oriented thing. If that's what you're after, just going back to the old covenant and live as a slave to, to all the rules, regulations, laws, and stuff, and see how that works out. You know, I love it whenever they're having the Jerusalem council and, and Peter kind of listening in to what Paul and, and uh, Barnabas are saying, scratches his head, yeah, we never could keep those rules anyway, could we? Why should we put that on anybody else? Can I tell you, it really is simple as loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. And so John three sixteen says, whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. See, see, the essence, in essence, this is why we are a society of believers. It's, it's all about having believe in your eyes. You know, have you ever had somebody really believe in you? Truly, truly believe in you? You know, believe in their eyes kind of deal. Uh, I officiate weddings. I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of weddings. I don't know if I've done that many dozens, but a lot of weddings, and, and whenever, whenever I officiate and I see that couple, I've usually spent a lot of time with them in counseling and whatnot, but, but I, I see them and we get into the vows and I watch their eyes lock. And man, I, I know right then and there, those who have believe in their eyes. When, whenever they begin to speak those vows and they begin to tear up and they begin to look and it's like, you know what, what we got right now is good, but it's gonna get better and better and better because I believe in you and I'm gonna help call that good out of you and we're gonna be a family. And you know, you know what I'm talking about? See, believe in your eyes is what, what holds families together. Husbands and wives together. My wife believes in me. She's got believe in her eyes. She does. You know, you know, whenever I, she's got her little holy sanctuary, little office there where she's just with Jesus all the time. And when I'll go by there sometimes, she'll be talking to one of her friends, her best friend in Georgia, and I'll overhear her and, and she'll say something like, oh my goodness, man, some of the things that Steve has written in this book. They're so, and you know what that does to me? That makes me want to go and, and write another book. You know, just, just the belief you know, whenever she says, there's times whenever my wife prays for me when I'm under it. You know what I mean by that? When I'm, un when I'm under assault, the enemy is just, and, and, and my, with my mind and my mind, and she comes in there, she believes in me, and she, she, she helps kind of sort out all the cobwebs and says, come on, step on up. Let's, let's walk through this thing together. Can I, can I tell you, it's, it really is, it's a better or worse deal. It's, it's for richer or for poor. It's, it's a thing that says, I believe in you and I can submit to you, submit mutually one to another out of reverence for Christ. See, she, she believes in the Jesus in me. I believe in the Jesus in her. The truth is, I, I have believed in my eyes for my wife. I, I believe my wife is the best singer on the planet. I do, I believe that. I, I believe my wife 
is she's actually back there in the corner there. Somebody's opening the door for her to hear all this probably. I, I believe my, my wife is the best mom on the planet. I mean, she is an incredible mom. I believe she's the, she's the best, really, she's the best, she is the best wife and friend that none of y'all get to have her, but I mean, that I have. She's all that. And so all of those things are what happens when you have belief in your eye. It's a, it's a relational term, the, the belief part. You know, the disciples of Jesus, the first guys, do you remember the fishermen guys? They were the first ones to encounter Jesus. And so Jesus is walking the seas of Galilee, the seashores of Galilee in, in Matthew chapter four. And, and he comes up on these two sets of brothers who are fishing. Now here's the story behind that. In Jewish culture, there were several different stages of, of uh, education. You know, the, the first one was uh, Bet Sefer, which was the, the, which means house of the book. And so they would memorize all of the Torah. And that was just, you know, that was just like from age six to 10, little bitty guys. And then there was the, the uh, De, uh, uh, Bet Talmud, which was from like 10 to 14. And that, that meant the house of learning. And, and they, would, they would learn questions. You see how Jesus asked questions all the time? And they would learn. And then finally, there was Bet Midrash, which was the house of examination. And so that, what happens is if you didn't make it, you weren't one of the top students, the top of the top, cream of the crop. They, they would tell you, you didn't, get, you didn't get a rabbi. And the rabbis would say, well, go and um, uh, ply, your, ply your work is, is what they would say. You know, you go and, uh, um, what was the term there? Apply your trade, apply your trade. And so here's what we got. We've got these two sets of brothers that are plying their trade. What is their trade? Well, their daddies were fishermen. So they're out there fishing and Jesus comes to them and what does he do? I mean, hope against hope. They're probably still young guys. I don't know how old you think the disciples were. They're probably pretty young, but they're out there fishing. They're doing what they, what they do. But their heart would have been to be with a rabbi and Jesus comes to them. News is already beginning to spread about this rabbi who is unlike any other rabbi. You know what Jesus does? He looks at them. And he has, he has belief in his eyes. He says, you know what, Peter? I think you got what it takes. Andrew, James, John, come on, come on, follow me. Drop, you're dropping it, come follow. Do you ever wonder why those guys immediately dropped their nets, left their, <laughs> their daddy's business, you know? And I'm wondering what Papa Zebedee and all those were thinking about their sons and Gee whiz, these knucklehead kids. And they went immediately and followed Jesus. You know why they went immediately? Because they saw believe in his eyes. They saw that he believed in them. He called them and they followed. Can I tell you what? Jesus believes in you. Jesus believes. He not only loves you, he believes in you. He absolutely believes in you. When I was um, in seventh grade, my, my, uh, I love, I've always loved sports. Let me, let me start there. I've always loved sports. Not the greatest athlete, but I, I held my own. I did good in, in seventh grade. And uh, I'm in history class the day after a basketball game. You know, if I, if I scored six or eight points, I've, I'd had a big night, you know. And so my 
Seventh grade history teacher, Mr. Kano, he's, he's up on the board, he's drawing and doing this stuff and he just stops and he looks at me and he says, Steve, I, I just, I just want to tell you, you played an incredible game last night. He was actually the referee of the game. And he started telling about the game and all that stuff. And I looked at that guy. I mean, the truth is, Mr. Kano, he, he's maybe, maybe five, three or four, a little short guy, just a ball of energy and passion. And I looked in his eyes and that guy, I mean, he wasn't just blowing smoke. He was believing in me. He believed in me. One of the primary reasons why I'm a teacher today, I actually went on and got my, uh, uh, I got a, a teaching degree. I majored in, in English and history. It was because of Mr. Kano. He was, a, he was a his, my history teacher. Because he so inspired me. He so believed in me. He so called me up to say, you got what it takes. Can I tell you, that's exactly what Jesus was doing to those disciples of his. Believe in your eyes. Believe in your eyes. My oldest son, Ryan, he is now 34 years old. This will tell you how old the story was. He was just a little boy. And uh, I don't even know if, if Nathan was a part of the family at this time. He might've been a really little guy. But I, we had four little boys in the San Marcos River over there by... Um, I'm not sure what it was called at the time. You know, it was Kirby Lane or Saltgrass or Joe's Crab Shack or it might've been Peppers at the Fall. I don't know. But those of you who are locals will know. And we were over there and, and Ryan, my oldest, he was in his little floaties, you know, and he's floating and we're just trying to keep watch of everybody. And mama always has the good eyes. And mama says, you better go check on Ryan. And Ryan, he kind of floated off by himself and he was just over there, I'm thinking, just over there by himself. Well, he had hit a little pocket, a little whirlpool, and that thing was just sucking him down. And he was just bobbing. He would go down, he'd come back up. He'd go down. And so, man, once I saw it, I swam over there as fast as I could, and I got him out of the water. I mean, I got him, I took him to safety. And his mama pulled him aside, and she said, uh, he, he never cried or got real emotional or anything. She said, Ryan, what? What were you thinking whenever you, when this was going on? Were you scared? And Ryan said, you know, I just knew that my daddy would come. So I just knew. He had, he had eyes, believe in his eyes. He just believed. Folks, can I tell you, our kids believe in us that much. They really do. And so I, I just think that it's so, it's just vital that we understand the, the whole John 3.16 deal that whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. Now get this. Believe gets inside of a person. Whoever believes in Jesus. See, I'm, I'm a new grandpa and uh, I love little 12-pound, 11-ounce, 24-inches, Laven James Smothers. Made his first debut here in, in the back room here. He's here. Got to give him a shout out. But you know, I never did understand 
why grandmas and mamas and different ones, you know, they're holding the baby and they just say, I could just eat you up. Some of you are laughing. You've said that, hadn't you? Can I tell you, I understand that. Sometimes you just can't physically get close enough. It's just frustrating. And you just, you just wish you could just take that little one in. Huh? See, see there's, only, there's only one way to get in, and that's by belief. That's by belief. That's, there's, only, there's only one way. You want that person inside of you. And believe is the only way you get inside of that person. When you believe, you go inside that person's heart. Think about that. When you believe, you go inside that person's heart. The only way to penetrate a heart is through believe. It's interesting, 190 times in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul talks about having Christ in you and you in Christ. What's he talking about? He's talking about belief that is that close, that, that is inside out belief. That's what God's after. He's always been after that kind of union, that kind of oneness. That, but it, it comes through the gate, through the doorway of belief. Folks, I believe we have the opportunity in our eyes to have belief in such a way and call it out of people to such point that they come to know who they really are and who they are really in, in Christ. And, and that's my heart for our time together. You know, my one question I started out with is, is just this. Do you believe in the one who believes in you? You know, uh, Peter, James, John, Andrew, those guys believed in the one who believed in them. My little boy believed in his father because he knew I believed in him. In the same way, in the same way the father's heart in the natural is just drawn to the belief of their children that they can do anything. Guess what? Our heavenly father is the same way. He's the same way. And he's just calling us. He's saying, do you believe? So my question is, have you... Have you received, have you embraced Jesus into your life? Is your Lord, is your Savior, you know, do you believe in Him? Do you have belief in your eyes? I'm not talking about just, well, okay, I, I agree. I, I, think that's, I think that's a good idea. I, I probably ought to, I really don't want to go to hell, so I, I'll just, I'll say, say a prayer or do something like that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about belief in your eyes. A part that says, I absolutely put my trust in you, Jesus. Jesus, I, 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 know, I know apart from you, I can do nothing. I, I need you more than anything. I want you more than anything. You see, Romans 10 says it this way. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The next verse says it this way. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. See, see it really is a situation that it, it, a lot of times we wanna make 
our relationship about some formula. If I do this, that, then I say this prayer. Can I tell you how it works? Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died and resurrected from the dead that you might be saved. Guess what? It's an accomplished work. Salvation has come. But it's at that point when you believe that. It's at that point. It's interesting how in the Bible, the two words, repent and believe, are always coupled together. Repent means to change your way of thinking, to align with God's thinking. And when that happens, when God grants repentance and you go, oh, oh, guess what? Believe comes to your eyes. Oh, Jesus, 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 I need you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I receive you, Jesus. I embrace Jesus as Lord. Jesus is my Lord. You see how that works? It's not a formula of if I pray this prayer, Jesus is Lord, and I believe all the right things, then I get to be saved. Can I tell you what? It's just the other way around. You are saved because of what Jesus did. You just don't know it. You've just never repented and said, the scales fall off and you say, oh, Jesus, thanks for forgiving me. Thanks you for giving me life. I believe, I receive. And the declaration is made. See, I think God is looking for an army of people that will say, yes, I'm all in. I want eyes of belief. I want to live a life of belief. I want belief to just, just, sprinkle off of me everywhere I go that people go, there's something about that person. They just, eh, it's more than happy. It's more than weird and quirky. They love something that I must have and that's Jesus. Because nothing matters. The only thing that matters is believing that expresses itself in love. So this morning, I didn't, or this is not morning, is it? it we hadn't preached that long. What I'd like for you to do, I'd like for you to just stand with me. And if you'd like to receive Jesus, maybe you need to re-up today. You just need to say, Jesus, I'm all in. Well, I, I, I just wanna have believing eyes. I want to have belief in my eyes that every, I, I want to, I want this week, when I go through this week, I want to intentionally look for people that I can be a Mr. Kano to, that I can encourage, that I can be a Barnabas to, that I can call out their destiny and their purpose. See, this whole relaunch thing is not all about what, what can I get out of this deal. It's about what can I do to bring the kingdom into my world. And so that's the offer here. It's not, I get saved so I get hell insurance and, and I get to go to heaven one day. Can I tell you what Jesus said? This is eternal life, that you know the Father and that you know His Son whom He sent. It's about a relationship. Believing is a relationship. And so if you would like to just pray this prayer, you can repeat after me. And, and if it's your first time, in saying this prayer, I want to encourage you. We're going to have people down here later at the end that are going to be praying for people for whatever their needs. Share it with somebody, somebody you came with, somebody that is here today that can pray with you and just help seal that thing. Because I really, I, I want to tell you, there's something that happens in our confession that releases 
the belief of Jesus, the love of Jesus in us and through us. So let's join me in prayer if you wanna make this your prayer. Father, thank you. Just repeat after me. Father, thank you. Let's try it again. Father, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for sending Jesus to save me, to heal me, to deliver me, to make me whole. I repent of wrong thinking and self-reliance. And I receive your forgiveness and I receive your love. I receive your Holy Spirit to shine out, believe through my eyes everywhere I go. I declare I belong to Jesus and it's in his name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.